0: I am curious. Christmas is like coming up. It is right around the bend. I don't know about y'all, but I got gifts on the brain. And the nice thing about Stardew Valley is when you give gifts to your friends in that game, they have like a list of like what they love or hate that is just like you can access it on the wiki. So I'm curious, do you guys have a list of gifts that you love or hate in real life in like your real life wiki?
1: Yeah, I always find myself checking those lists on wiki at least twice. I'm um, trying to find out if the characters are naughty or nice, because mm. I treat myself like Santa Claus in that game, and I'm always coming into town.
0: Do you have like a Santa themed avatar in Stardew?
1: No, but I should I should get to work on that for sure. I should I should get my Santa hat. At
0: the top of my list for a gift is a can of Joja Corporation refreshing blue cola. Joja cola. Taste uh. the Joja. <laughs> Delicious.
1: There's our product chill. We've officially sold out. Uh, Hey, We Fixed Your Game, (laughs) Joja-sponsored podcast. This podcast
0: as a whole took the Joja route. This is an American success story. This is a company that is providing the average uh, American with cheap goods and well-made goods. I just think this whole idea that homegrown fruits or vegetables are going to save us it's just a little confused.
1: It's misguided. It's misguided.
0: I The Joja is what really makes it. Most Cokes or like Pepsi products, they, the one thing they're really lacking is Joja.
1: And... I would so agree. The key ingredient, Joja?
0: Yeah. I will be honest. Last night, I was making some nice spaghetti and meatballs. You know, yum, yum. I threw just a pinch of Joja in there, and it transformed my evening. Oh, absolutely. And I've got to say... This holiday season, when you want to spend good time with your friends and family, Joja is the way to go.
1: For that refreshing and savory umami taste, sprinkle some Joja into your next dish.
0: I also love the idea that Joja is like being the corporation was named after, like a, an ingredient. It's like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. can
1: name our Coke. I don't know. We put some Joja in it. This is when I. This is when I sprint into the Joja market and I go, Joja is people. Joja is people! <laughs> and then they pull me and they drag me out. I do want to
0: remind everyone that it, it's actually an abbreviation. The founder was an immigrant. His name was Joja. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, so it's it's not just an American success story. It's kind of a, a story of the mm. American dream as a whole. I had heard, and I guess this is apocryphal, I had heard that Joja was for, short for jo Jane, the drug. Uh, ah. and that they originally had joe cola had a bunch of joe jane in it <laughs> well that's i mean that's that's really why you, you it it separates itself so much from modern coke and pepsi because you just keep coming back to it and and you <laughs> want to drink more and more of it in order to get through the day
1: you know i hear that it's the true. glass bottle joe cola actually still has joe jane in it it's very uh-huh. yeah it's <laughs> very different
0: and it's e- it's easy to overdose on which is definitely a pretty cool quality but so it's it's the joja difference
1: all the most <laughs> the exciting jo- sodas you can overdose on <laughs>
0: yeah i want a soda with a body count that's what i need it was well, it's electric lemonade right oh yeah for loco it's oh four yeah loco. yeah it's mm-hmm. electric yeah. lemonade and it's joja yeah. cola yeah <laughs> the trifecta trifecta so if you the answer to the gifts question if any of y'all want to send some gifts to us we will take any of those three beverages in surplus this holiday season
1: uh okay so if we're all gonna choose the Joja route for our loved gifts uh what's the what's on our hated list what would we least oh, like to receive from someone running up to us holding something overhead
0: if you get within 30 miles of me with a funko pop I feel like I have a a legal, a cultural, a political duty to my fellow man to beat your ass. <laughs> I got a um, a hat from a friend that said I was verbally abused by mid- my middle school phys ed teacher, and it's uh-huh. that's a t- that's a tough thing to give as a gift because it's like I don't want to be a bad friend and never wear it but i i have never worn it and will will never wear it because it feels horrific to go out and wear that
1: yeah that's like i mean that's like making light of trauma that's such a funny gift though that is so funny
0: yeah have you considered this person actually hates you (laughs) it's very it's very possible because that's definitely a conversation piece in the wrong direction. Yeah, I've had it hidden in in a suitcase for like six months now, and I don't know what to do with it. Um, I think I know what to do with it, which is we need to pause the recording. You need to go put it on for the rest of this episode. <laughs> yeah, just to give it
1: just to give it a little bit of use, you know, let it shine this once.
0: We have our videos off, so we have no way of confirming. Listener, right. you have no way of confirming, but just. Just know that after this theme song runs, who knows? Is Mike wearing the hat or not? Time won't tell.
1: (laughs) We'll never know. Can I do
0: some quick Foley work so it at least sounds to your listener like I I am putting a hat on? I would love that. All right.
1: Yeah, that's going to come out great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is, that, is that good? Does that sound like that? That was bad?
0: really good. That's gonna okay. end perfectly. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hayley Fixed Your Game. This is a show where we take great games and completely reimagine them with our dumb ideas. I'm Dwight and 24-7 I am buying beers for alcoholics so that they will love me.
1: I'm Caleb and I'm doing a mayonnaise only run. My farm only grows mayonnaise. Midwestern
0: run. Um, I'm Mike <laughs> and my appearance on the show is sponsored by Joja Corporation. Joja Corp, life's better with Joja.
1: As already established, we are sponsored by Joja Corp for this episode. Thank you, Joja Corp, for, for sponsoring us.
0: By the way, uh, welcome to Mike. Keep in mind that Mike is actually a representative of JoJo, who's owned by Joja. He's here to make jokes, but he's mostly here to make sure that we stay on track for this being a sponsored episode. Yeah, let's have fun. Obviously, JoJo is all about fun, but let's let's keep it, you know, PG, maybe PG thirteen. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. In addition to Mike's all of Mike's other accolades, uh, he is a JoJo sponsor.
0: Yeah, Mike. Do you want to actually introduce yourself to the listener? <laughs>
1: I, yeah, it would be fun
0: to just just be this anonymous man, but uh, to be Jojo, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> sure, sure. I, I am uh, I'm the head writer of The Onion. I am also very into video games uh, and uh, have been writing a lot of games myself. That's me in a nutshell. I have, I have a whole history in addition to that. I have decades of life, but those are the only two important things that you need to know for the rest yeah. of this podcast.
1: I love boiling down people to just two things that matter about them. That's my <laughs> favorite way to, uh, to respect human life and experience.
0: Why else have a career if not just to make yourself more palatable to other people at parties? Uh, if you couldn't tell from our intro, today we were discussing the video game Stardew Valley. We're going to explain what the game is in case you are the single person left who doesn't know what this game is, which is probably like my dad. Uh, Then we're going to briefly share some thoughts about what we think of this game. And then uh, we're going to take the game and we're going to plant it in the ground in spring and water it for 10 days. And then it is going to repeatedly produce new games for us every like three or so days for the rest of the season.
1: A fully fruited game, fresh off the vine better than ever before guys should we ferment the game today i'm always pro fermentation
0: Ooh, yeah let's get some funk in there
1: let's let's pickle this (laughs) hey do you guys mind if i throw some jojo on the game go right ahead man in fact i think we have to (laughs)
0: Do you guys mind if I do a quick line of Joe Jane before we keep recording? I think we should all do some Joe Jane and and that'll up the energy for the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, if you have some Joe Jane, just have at it. Go wild and crazy. You're um, gonna enjoy the episode so much more. If you're honestly, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Stardew Valley. In case you don't know what it is, uh, Stardew Valley is a farming simulator game that is based on some old games made in the '90s called Harvest Moon. Basically, this game was created by a singular person named Eric Barone, who was a huge fan of Harvest Moon, but they stopped making those games be good, so he's like, I guess I'm gonna have to make those games be good
1: myself. Harvest Moon did performed well in Japan and I think it had kind of a cult audience here in the States. But Stardew Valley is the killer of every like cozy life sim. Like it killed Animal Crossing it killed Harvest Moon. It's it's killed every game that has walked in its footsteps. It is mm-hmm. the paragon of the farming sim. And the crazy thing about
0: Eric Barone, aka Concerned Ape, is like very few people could say that they created an industry single-handedly. But this was a genre that was dead that right now is probably making upwards of like a billion dollars a year. So like, I think it's safe to say that Eric Barone single-handedly <laughs> like created a proper entire industry. With his own creation, with how many people are making Stardew Valley likes these days? So the true capitalist amongst us, uh, truly a man after Joe Juz's own heart. Where have the Stardew Valley likes been? Is it like Dave the Diver? Like what? What do you think is like the mm. influence on current current uh, like lifestyles um, and type stuff? I mean, Coral Island just dropped out of. Uh, Early access. That's when I had my eyes on that I might have to try out after playing Stardew Valley again. Um and uh Fay Farm is another pretty high profile one that came out.
1: Dreamlight yeah. Valley, which is Oh true. Pretty much almost word for word Stardew Valley.
0: <laughs> you could make a pretty strong case that the new Animal Crossing took some notes from the Stardew Valley like mm. design journal.
1: Yeah, and failed. Um <laughs> I have strong feelings about the new Animal Crossing. Sorry guys before we go any further should probably explain
0: what a farming simulator game even is. Uh, and it's really easy to explain because basically it's a game where you do exactly that. You just farm like the game loop consists of buying seeds. There are days that go by in the game and you water those seeds until you can harvest them. Uh, and this game builds a lot more onto that. Like you can go fishing, you can go mining, you can go meet townsfolk, you can complete quests and like do special events and, uh, like pass out at 3 a.m., like in real life, all sorts of stuff like that.
1: So the basic (laughs) plot line of the game is you're playing as a disgruntled kind of city-dwelling office middleman. You're sitting in your office, like, fight club style, copying things over and over again, Uh, and then you discover (laughs) a letter from your grandfather which basically says, I left in my will a massive farm property in the remote uh, rural area of Stardew Valley, Come claim your inheritance, seize your destiny, you know, turn away from your capitalist ways and come join this like socialist commune, essentially. So you move out to Stardew Valley <laughs> and, you, and you inherit this like completely ruined farm and all the townsfolk are kind of jazzed to see you. And then you begin. That's basically where you where you set off. And from then on out, it's basically kind of an open ended you can do whatever you want. You can only fish if you love fishing more than anything in the world. You can only plant crops. You can only spend time in the mines. Whatever you do day to day is completely your choice. So it's a it's a sandbox farming sim in in the best way.
0: And I am curious. So Mike, like for you playing through, what did you find being kind of your go-to activity within the game? I think Weirdly enough, I got very into collecting geodes and giving them to like the town archivist, and, like breaking them open and mm. and giving the the little like ore inside to the town archivist and and like building out the yeah collection. the museum. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I didn't really come in thinking that was gonna be my thing. I actually, I. Thought I was gonna just plant a lot of green beans uh, and like, <laughs> and then make my entire the life the crop of
1: champions. The, the
0: disclaimer here is that I I made my character modeled after the comedian Joe Parra and his like on screen persona. Nice. And <laughs> he grows green beans and like talks about them obsessively throughout the the seasons of that show. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna do carpentry. I'm gonna make chairs for people, and then I'm I'm gonna make green beans or grow green beans and and instead I ended up like I I think because the farming side of it was so much waiting and seeing it was like Mm -hmm. much more immediate to just go down into the mines like break open rocks all day yeah and, and then come come back and have like something to show for it right away
1: yeah that's true it is an it is an awful lot of planting seeds in the ground, and then finding stuff to do in between when you've invested your money and then when you get your money back.
0: Yeah. Despite being called a farming sim, it's so much more than that. You literally cannot spend all of your time farming, because like in real life, a lot of the process of farming is looking at a small green thing and waiting for it to be a slightly larger green thing.
1: Thank God it's faster than real life.
0: Yeah. That would be kind of a great mod, right? Like, real-life time... Animal Crossing style mod where like time passes with real days.
1: Consider it like an educational game. It's 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 bringing like urban farming and like community farming knowledge to the layman, to the gamers, the most needy community.
0: <laughs> I think maybe the least equipped community to do anything outside. So like yeah, they're the ones who are most in need of this type of instruction. Of an
1: immersive of an immersive real world uh, time farming sim
0: yes absolutely yeah it teaches you both how to farm and how to have responsibility (laughs) like Mm -hmm. which is another (laughs) thing gamers are not necessarily great at but uh that stardew valley is not a super addictive game even though people spend hundreds or thousands of hours on it at least first Mm -hmm. it's like i am going to Put you in this world and you are gonna wait in it for a long time yeah, to see yeah. mm-hmm. payoffs which i think is very not what i expected out of it i thought of it, it was gonna be more like what is that web game like farmville or whatever or like oh yeah or that kind of stuff uh-huh. the game makes you wait at least a week until you get your first loot box you know
1: i i do think that like one thing that Star- that stardew does better than any other like cozy world game is exactly that like it is in a lot of ways, a game about responsibility and, like, managing resources efficiently and sustainably. So, like, I mean, when you think about it, there are so many resources in the game. There are... There's money, right? The central one. There's energy. There's not, like, a hunger, but there's health. Uh, Like, just time. There's only so much time in a day, and you pass out at 2 a.m. So, like, learning how to juggle all these resources in a kind of pressure-free space is really impressive if you like doing chores Stardew Valley is going to scratch that itch mm-hmm. in your brain and if you don't like doing chores Stardew's going to teach you how to like doing chores
0: <laughs> that's such a good way of putting it so personal story for me playing this game I played this game years ago and really enjoyed it walked away and then just came back to this game for this podcast episode my wife is not a gamer at all she doesn't really play games um she's shocking because she's married to me i was showing your stardew we'd played a little bit before and i convinced her to come play split screen with me the thing about my wife is that she is like for some reason loves video games that are just boring chores like that is her favorite genre of video game is boredom
1: incredible
0: yeah she just likes going and petting all of our chickens every day and collecting all of their eggs and putting them all in the machines like the part where you don't have to think or really do anything difficult I think that's like an actual type of gamer and this is a great game for that type of player.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: I think that what's so interesting about your wife's experience with it or what it kind of illuminates is that the game is super opaque about payoffs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start off and say, hey, if you do this one action every day for a few weeks, then you're going to get this thing out of it. One example is there's a bowl for your cat that you get later in the game and you can put water in it Mm -hmm. and it's not clear if there's ever going to be a big payoff like is it am i is my cat going to love me more or am i just kind of investing myself into the game itself by doing that thing Mm -hmm. and i think stardew is like much more on the latter end of things it feels like you're doing things for their own sakes because you want to like exist in this world rather than because you're like oh i'm gonna get a giant treasure chest at the end of it at at least at the you know beginning end of
1: it yeah which i i have such a hard time not comparing this game to animal crossing because that's the franchise i'm far more familiar with animal crossing starts you off with hey you have this massive loan you need to pay the one thing that you care about is making money that's how they start off that game and stardew is so much more about existing in the world for the world's sake you've like it sets up this whole narrative of you inheriting the farm and escaping the kind of corporate lifestyle and just from that alone the like two still shots of cutscene you're already more invested in the world than something like animal crossing
0: compared to animal crossing which kind of reads like a nightmare when you phrase it like a talking raccoon i owe him money versus like You know, I'm here to, like, grow crops and be friends with people. Yeah. And Animal Crossing, it's more like, I'm afraid of what happens if I don't pay the talking raccoon. I was going to say the game, like, really from the very start screen gives you that impression. Like, when the first notes of the theme started playing on the menu screen, I just lit up. Like, I couldn't stop smiling. And I genuinely thought the words in my mind, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Not in the real world, with all its disappointment and strife and pain, like Stardew Valley. Of course, of course, that's what I've always been meant to go. Um, and it, I think it's like it's that that like starts to give you this impression, like you're supposed to be here because it's an inviting world, not not because you have like an obligation to a talking raccoon or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> props to Eric
1: Barone and Concerned Dave because. Creating that atmosphere is so challenging. Like, that's tough. And he mm-hmm. nailed it. He nailed it. And he continues to nail it with every free update that he puts out that adds like 20 more hours to the end game. I will say
0: so, something I hear frequently about Stardew Valley that is just absolutely not true. I'm, I'm here to debunk two gaming myths. I am the gaming Adam Savage. Stardew Valley is not a good first game for somebody. Like, if somebody is trying to start being a gamer, by themselves at least, don't recommend Stardew Valley unless they are highly motivated to get into it. Because this is an opaque ass game. Like, through and through. Yeah, it's like, I I was thinking of, like, Elden Ring when I started playing it, because it just gives (laughs) you absolutely no instruction. It's just like, here is a world, now go and do whatever the hell you want. And, like, there are a bunch of stats, but it's you know, just like Elden Ring when you, like, pick up a sword and it's, like, a, a like, dirk forged in the Lands of Sorrow. And you're, like, okay, well, like, what am I... What the hell am uh-huh. I supposed to do with it? Like, I feel like uh, Stardew Valley is just, like, it has all these statistics that, like, are not explained at all and, like, a bunch of mechanics that have no real tutorial for it. Like, when you yeah. go wandering at night and you're, like, you start perspiring and you're like you you like shrug it off it's it's only when you like pass out and have to pay a fee that it's it's like oh shit i have to get home and fall asleep but there's no like there's no like prompt that pops up and it's like hey you gotta run home you gotta like it doesn't take you by the hand at all and
1: i never thought that elden ring and stardew valley would ever be compared but we've done it (laughs) (laughs) it's happened (laughs) yeah yeah
0: I totally see what you're saying. It's kind of like an anti-tutorial. It's like yeah. kind of the Elden Ring fuck around, find out style of teaching you a game is just like yes. when
1: my mayonnaise jars started to like stand up and walk around is when I was really like, <laughs> okay, what game am I playing here? This, this is, this can't be starting Valley before or after the Joe Jane. Um. I, well, I've been snoring JoJane. I'm a I'm a serial JoJane addict. So right. Yeah. There is
0: know. no before JoJane for Caleb. Just mid JoJane constantly. But there yeah. is, there is a liberal sprinkling of JoJane in this game because like it it's like a hallucinatory. It's it like is so yes. So weird compared to what you think it is at the beginning. Like uh, what is the, like the flower dance that you go on? Yeah. That, yeah. Where it's, it's like
1: very midsummer. Yeah, the a midsummer thing. It's like what the uh-huh. hell is
0: this game? And and you're like. They just do this like the least impressive dance imaginable. <laughs> like you're just you're standing in the corner watching them do this like basically just the guys just like stand up and kneel down again and again, and the women like kind of curtsy a few times. Uh-huh. It's 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 like yeah, it's a trip. The, the whole game it's so normal at first, and it's so steeped in that like that like SNES. Just like you know, mm-hmm. this is an America americana uh, depiction of farming yeah right and then when like a pixie just shows up and like casts a spell on your crops with no again no explanation it's just <laughs> like elden ring it's just like 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 an elden ring you go into dungeons and there's like a floating turtle and you're like okay nice like yeah cool. is there gonna be yeah is there any kind yeah. of no no explanation okay what's the
1: ceiling for this game yeah um mike did you get to the community soup event by any chance I don't think I did. No. There's a there's a festival in which there's a big gigantic pot of soup and everyone in the village contributes an ingredient and then the mayor <laughs> comes and tastes it and depending on whether or not he likes it it will determine like the quality of the next season or whatever. And uh so when me and my friend were playing, we went and the only ingredient that we had on us to put into the soup was a can of Coca-Cola. <laughs> and so we both dumped <laughs> cans of Coca-Cola into the community soup <laughs> and the mayor was like he tries it in this big like drum roll event. He he walks up the stairs and he takes a sip of the soup and he's like, "Um, this is actually dog shit. I think it's <laughs> verbatim what he says in the game. He says, I think they actually use that word in the game. He says, this is dog shit. I'm slating your town for immediate demolition. My safe file got deleted.
0: Um, the other thing I wanted to debunk, the other myth I wanted to debunk about this game before we get on to goofs is people often say that this game is relaxing or chill or zen and those people have have never been relaxed in their life i'm convinced (laughs) because there is really it's fun it's a fun game but like you've got to be out of your gourd to think that this game is relaxed
1: that's true there are some insane time constraints and like being efficient is such a high motivator there's a way to play this game where you just don't care and you just kind of like
0: get things done when they get done. And maybe that'd be kind of relaxed, but I cannot interface with the game that way. I got goals to meet. I got, you know, fish to catch. I got crops to grow and I need to grow those crops before the season's over because they'll die. And I'm stressed thinking
1: about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is, I think it's it's so interesting. Like the game starts out by suggesting that it's going to be this relief from the stresses of modern life. Like the, the quote in the letter from your dead relative is: "There will come a day when you are crushed by modern life, and your bright spirit is emptied out by modernity." <laughs> it's like so powerful, and uh-huh. you're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, screw this, screw Jojo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hang out." in, in... <laughs> are you, are you legally allowed to say "screw Jojo"? Oh, can we, can we cut this out? Actually? Yeah, no problem. I we'll just, cut that out. I, yeah, that's, uh-huh. that yeah. Be, Pretty bad. Like I'm sure they would get over it, but they would probably demote me. Yeah, that's I, fair. Okay, yeah. we'll cut
1: that out. Sorry. What were you What were you saying?
0: Once you actually get to your farm, it it hits you like a train. You're like, oh shit, I have real <laughs> obligations now <Yeah. laughs> that are going to occupy every waking moment of my life. And like, <laughs> like there are kind of people in town who are like, oh, come hang out, come come play games at the saloon, and you're like, ah, I'm I'm sorry, man. I got I got wheat. I got a reap, so uh-huh. like, you, you do you. But I am, like, if anything, way busier than I I was in in the city life.
1: We've we've planted our seeds, um, and we've waited the, the the requisite amount of days. Is it time to harvest the goof off of our vine?
0: I think the goof crop is ripe. Let's do it.
1: Ripe for the harvest.
0: It is plump. It is pink. <laughs> it's gonna joge all over you. Get a to judge uh-huh. dude it's
1: gonna judge in your mouth <laughs> bros let's get judged
0: <laughs> i think this is great too because for for attentive listeners this is an homage to the bioshock episode which was also about transforming an innocuous verb into mm-hmm. a, a, essentially ejaculating onto something <laughs> yeah i'm i'm contributing to the mythos of this uh-huh. show, and i just want yeah. to be acknowledged for that Mike, I have never yeah. been
1: more honored in my entire life that you remembered a bit from one of our old episodes. That's deeply, uh-huh. deeply did... touching. No, man, I, I think the
0: show is great. I, the one thing I should say is this is sadly my last appearance on Hey, We Fixed Your Games because mm. I've been getting really busy with... Um, I'm launching a podcast called Hello, I'm Solving Your Game.
1: Oh, um, no! no. I, did, I didn't want to
0: bring it up Shoot. because I don't want people to think I stole the idea of the big su- uh-huh. successful comedians. Swooping yeah. in and ripping off a podcast because it just—it's this is a totally original idea, and hello, I'm solving your game is like it's its own thing, and we did get we b- got bought by Audible for like a seven fifty deal, but it's <laughs> oh. totally unrelated, and I'm uh. not doing this episode just to like make sure that you guys don't sue me, so uh, just want right. put that out there. Um, and is this an official The Onion podcast? I must ask. Yeah, it's going to be a cross uh, sponsorship yeah. between oh, The man. Onion and JoJo.
1: Well, hey, best of luck with that, actually. I hope that goes really, really well for you.
0: How about you bring on me and Caleb as guests, uh-huh. like pretty frequently, and then, like, take the day off or, like, the year off? Yeah. You don't have to come yeah, on yeah, every episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yes, yes. You've done a lot of good work getting funding,
1: it sounds like, sponsorships. Awesome job. <laughs> You sound yeah. really tired though. And and we wanna we wanna honor your work. We wanna make sure that we really yeah. honor the spirit of what you're trying to do with your podcast. So we're you know, we can help you out.
0: Thank you. You've done the hard part. You deserve a break. Just like hand the reins off to me and Caleb. Thanks for renaming our podcast and getting it some sponsorships. That's not what happened. And I have uh I have immunity i've i've spoken to attorney but i obviously i'm not saying that combatively i'm just saying in the spirit of friendship i would crush you in court mike what you don't realize is that we are podcast pirates you don't know what corpse we built this podcast on okay yeah
1: yeah we there's mm-hmm. blood money in this in this fucking podcast mike this is this this podcast was built on flesh and blood a trail of tears well yeah. There are bodies and bodies. We have
0: slain greater comedians, so you better back the fuck up, okay? <laughs> Non-combatively,
1: like that won't hold up in court. Non-combatively. Yeah,
0: the audience doesn't need to hear this, but yeah, obviously, <laughs> I, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I've already <laughs> spoken my piece. To speak to my lawyer if you want to. But let's move on to jokes. Yeah. I think that that'll be. Really oh, fun. it's time for yeah. Let's let's make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make jokes and ignore the tension. Um, <laughs> guys, we kind of introduced this idea previously, but um, we were talking about uh, the amount of responsibility that comes with starting a farm. So I think that it would be appropriate to have a uh, a new mechanic, which is a regret meter.
1: Oh, and yeah. when
0: you move in, it is just like a a permanent meter that goes up but never goes down. And it's just a timer on how long it is before you are forced to abandon your save file because your character regrets their decision way too much if there were moments where it goes down by just a a wince like if you get a nice view out on the water or like you Mm. talk to somebody who isn't angry at you there's a small part of your like yuppie consciousness that's like i made the right choice i'm glad that i'm farming and not back at my uh loft in in the city but it's Uh never enough to erase the the mountain of regret that comes from having to, like, sweat it out every day, mining Uh and and fishing and all that stuff. And, like, honestly, things go pretty well for you. Like, you can manage the regret meter until the flower dance rolls around first year and you start asking people to dance with you. And that's the point where it really plummets. Because every time you ask somebody and they utterly and brutally reject you, you just are losing morale until... Like, very few players can get... That's, like, the first Dark Souls boss of this game is trying to survive the first flower dance without regretting yourself to death.
1: Mike brought up a good parallel with Elden Ring where I think Stardew Valley should be more like the Dark Souls from soft games in, in every mm. way. So the social situations should absolutely be boss fights.
0: At least a mod that plays boss music when you go talk to, like, to the hotter NPCs. Like, yes, at the beginning, yeah. you take a survey of, like, what, what features you find attractive... And then you have, like, while you're talking with those NPCs, you have a fishing minigame, but it's managing your, like, sweat and odor levels, trying to, like, not freak out talking to your crush.
1: Which game was it? I think it was the Silent Hill game that there was a little message at the beginning of the game that says, we have scanned your save files in, like on your games, and we know this, this game is specifically designed to prey on your deepest fears. Is that what I'm thinking of, Silent Hill? Yeah, there is was... Well, I I think it might have been
0: like a remake of Silent Hill 2 for GameCube that did it. Definitely the first Mm. Metal Gear Solid also did it. Yes, Metal Gear Solid Uh, also
1: read your save file data. But I think they should do that with Stardew Valley where it's like we have read your PC data and your Switch data. (laughs) Web history and yikes. Yeah, we have now selected the uh, perfect partners for you and have made them uh, incredibly hostile towards you to make this uh, a boss (laughs) fight of, of uh-huh. social proportions you're gonna you're gonna have social anxiety by the time you finished with uh this game not to
0: jump on this too, too hard but that was that was one goof that i thought would help the game a lot like you can give anyone an object as a gift and so you can give like an old rusty can that you fished out of a murky pond or some algae like a mm-hmm. loose clump of algae and then you do you give that to people and they say oh i don't really know what you Want me to do with this? Or like, I don't really like this. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, like, what is that like day after day at, if you're actually mm-hmm. putting yourself in the shoes of these people? Like, to have just a random new person in town come over to you with like a clump of wet
1: <laughs> and hand it over to you.
0: And and like, uh. I think what like what would help Stardew Valley is allowing the friendship meter to also go in the opposite direction so there's an enemy meter yeah uh-huh. and and these people absolutely like you build a nemesis out of this other person uh-huh. like like they're terrified of you they're like scared that you're like out rattling their trash can at night or looking uh-huh. into their windows the game lets you just walk into people's houses and like try to get get into their uh-huh. like locked bedrooms and stuff like that. Yeah. so i just yeah. i feel like giving them the autonomy to be like i'm i'm F- fucking terrified of, yeah. of this uh-huh. person And I'm I'm gonna report you to the mayor And <laughs> like I don't know if it means that yeah Like anytime mm-hmm. they see you they like run Away or if they're gonna like f- Like try to fight you Or get yeah. a you know, restraining order but I think
1: you should get tased at some point A ta- tased uh,
0: I think like You have hearts in the positive direction but you have skulls In the negative direction Oh yeah In the same way, if you get the hearts up high enough, you can marry them. But if you get the skulls down low enough, you can send them to a mental institute.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. break
0: them. Utterly. That's fucking Um. dark, dude. And then you can, like, move it. I like the idea that you can move into their houses after that and, like, wear all their clothes. You claim their spouse. It's like, this is my wife now. (laughs) If the uh, enemy meter gets all the way down to nemesis level, that they do, they pull a <laughs> Midas on you. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the skulls go all the way down, then guns get added to the game. You wake up and there's like the new crafting recipe, Winchester rifle. <laughs> the next day, you better craft that right away because you know, you know, Linus is coming after you. You
1: know they're gonna come tread on you. So, like
0: the TV in Stardew Valley, you can get like the Weather Channel, you get like a fortune teller, there's mm. like uh, tips for like a frontiersman, and then there's if there's just like a close circuit one of your nemesis who's like, I'm coming for you, <laughs> like, prepare yourself. Uh huh. <laughs> just like, like Linus sharpening a spear, looking directly <laughs> into the camera for hours on end. You don't know where he's <laughs> broadcasting from.
1: So so what I'm hearing is we need to add a sanity meter to Sturdy Valley, another resource <laughs> for us to keep track of, yeah, where your, your sanity can slowly degrade and you find yourself drawn to more and more violent uh, methods of solving your problems. You become convinced that blood is the only thing that can water your crops, and so you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take it in the inevitable direction that this is all heading, so there are kind of two main ways you can play the game right now. One of them is the like community center route, where you work to revitalize the Stardew Valley community, and then the other one is the Jojo route, which is the evil slash. Um, I have to say, according to our marketing contract, that it's the best way to mm-hmm. play the game.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, by far.
1: Only acceptable. Only it's the only acceptable way to play the game. Wink. Instead of the community center, you have a JoJo warehouse and all of the progress in the game is, like, money-gated. But uh, I think there needs to be a third option where instead of growing crops, you talk to the wizard and you grow, like, demons instead. And so you you (laughs) harvest these, like, monsters and demons from the mines. Maybe it all takes place in the mines and you, like, become a necromancer in the mines and you enslave all the monsters. (laughs) You can send the monsters to, like, raid the village... Um, oh, I love that! Yeah, like zombie style. Oh, this and, is so uh, amazing! Y- you end up becoming the like tyrant overlord of Stardew Valley. It, like it replaces all of the monthly events to seasonal ritual sacrifice events, where you choose one <laughs> villager to to sacrifice
0: Uh uh-huh and then you can raise those exact villagers to be your undead warriors
1: yeah to be undead thralls that's smart yeah i well because you don't want that to go to waste it's it's all about reduce reuse recycle to the necromancer (laughs) Um, and 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 that way it solves one of the main problems that i find in stardew valley is that i want to go from a full day of mining into the shop immediately and sell all my stuff and like break all my geodes but the shop's always closed Mm. so in my tyrannic, draconian rule over Stardew Valley, I'm forcing everyone to work 24-7. But they love it. They but don't they love feel it.
0: anything anymore.
1: They, they have been beaten down under the hand of their overlord to the point where they, I... they aren't allowed to have any feelings or emotions anymore. So if I hand them anything, it's like a blessing from God. I I yeah. just think that like my my villagers did not appreciate my gifts enough. Even when I was giving them like loose soil and worms... And if I created if I created a tyrannical society, I could give them whatever they want and they would thank me like the god emperor I am.
0: It's not that you're extending your uh, wakefulness through the night, but as a necromancer that you create a midsummer like situation where the sun never sets. Yes. So everybody's oh, yeah. just uh-huh. constantly exhausted and like fatigued and you're just working them around the clock because they're fearful of being sacrificed for the fertility uh-huh. ritual. And then the irony is that both stars and dew are no longer possible in your valley. <laughs> I think the great thing about this is that it turns Choja from being the evil route to kind of a middle route because like destroying the environment's bad, but I would say, yeah, like in real life, if I saw somebody who was destroying the environment, I'd be like, ooh, that's a bad guy. But he is not murdering my good friends and resurrecting them as demon warriors and forcing them to open their stores at 6 a.m.
1: Forcing them to never close.
0: <laughs> it teaches an important lessons about allyship. And, uh-huh. you know, you can always find some solidarity if you're uh-huh. being attacked by undead creatures and slime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, we we find out Morris from JoJo, like, the CEO guy, is like, actually, like, you know what? I used to freaking hate him. And then all this business started And I don't mind him so much anymore because he's one of the three mortals left in the valley.
1: (laughs) JoJo might be the only corporation that has enough money to save us from this hell, actually.
0: (laughs) The store security has been helping us out to just, like, block out the waves of, like, imps every night.
1: Yeah, yeah. We all barricade ourselves in the JoJo market and fend (laughs) off the the hell spawn that come from the farm.
0: (laughs) I feel like maybe there needs to be an option where you can play as, like, a celebrity, like a member of BTS or something, <laughs> and then like you have like like the, there's a strong handicap bias towards people wanting to be friends to you. Oh. Like you show up and you're at eight stars with pretty much everybody right away.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's. Uh, I think that's a good mod to include. That would that would definitely make the game easier for me because I really don't want to engage socially with with very many of the people. I'm not gonna lie. That's not the thing that's interesting mm-hmm. to me about the game. So I would love to just not have to worry about it have already already like me
0: i want to have manure in this game it's only right Um, it's only fair it only makes sense uh and i want to be able to walk up to Haley, the blonde girl and hand her some shit (laughs) say like my cow made this don't you love it and have her be like yes member of bts this is actually my favorite thing i've ever been given please marry me
1: Thank you so much, Jin.
0: I, I, uh, this is awesome. I thought you were in the military right now. <laughs> Apparently you just came to Stardew Valley. <laughs> I am. This is all This is all an operation, actually. <laughs> this is a
1: secret operation.
0: <laughs> this does sound like a Metal Gear Solid, like, Kojima-ass game. It does. You'd be like, your mission. You need to go wipe out whatever threat is causing the sun to stand still over Stardew Valley.
1: I am doing surveillance on the perimeter. I found a good place to set up. It's an abandoned shack in a farm. And
0: actually, you know what? This place is really overgrown. I'm just gonna like clear it out a little bit, and uh, I found a fishing pole. We should just like see if there's anything suspicious in the water. And there's this beautiful woman named Leah. She lives in the woods. Eventually, they lose contact with Jin.
1: Yeah, you're so yeah. so. You're essentially suggesting like multiple different ways to start the game. So instead of everyone having this like corporate burnout pipeline, there's like multiple different careers that you can burn out from. So like A is one like military operation. B, maybe, uh, maybe you're like a, a member of BTS.
0: <laughs> so I started playing Silent Hill 2 for the first time, uh, like just when mm-hmm. I was starting Stardew Valley. A, a game that has an interesting number of overlaps with this, like including the main character being motivated by a letter from someone close to them that tells them to come to a small town where people treat them very poorly and strangely for no apparent reason. (laughs) Um, So maybe another one of the (laughs) the openings could be like, if you potentially uh, like killed like your spouse or relative and haunted by like psychosexual nightmares about this that are like reflected throughout the town, that would add in like fresh spin to how you play Stardew Valley.
1: Yeah, I think that works taking it in a similar but different direction what do you guys think about a stardew valley x wallace and gromit curse of the were rabbit crossover event oh i love it
0: anything you can fit it the were rabbit into i think it yeah. deserves all all the cultural crossover yeah possible. I-, I
1: think there needs to be an Ardman stardew valley curse of the were rabbit crossover where your crops suddenly start getting eaten and you're like oh no what could be doing this and you see these gigantic rabbit prints in the soil and and you have to hunt down Wallace who's taken the form of a gigantic were rabbit and shoot him in the head and put him out Did of his just misery
0: freaking kill him i love the idea that a game a game this bespoke has like fortnite seasons so instead of yes like it being updated <laughs> in this very like caring thoughtful way it's just like hey like did you know that the Overwatch 2
1: characters are in the game now? Or, like, now
0: everything's <laughs> rendered as Legos and you can't do anything about it? <laughs> like, uh-huh. So that's, that's there now.
1: It, it, instead of Fortnite season where it's, like, massively popular IPs, like Goku, Naruto, like, Family Guy, Solid Snake, it's, like, Stardew Valley x Wes Anderson. Stardew Valley x <laughs> Wallace and Cromit.
0: Like, things for people of taste. Like, this is the tasteful <laughs> Fortnite. Yeah. Stardew Valley x Monet.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, Stardew Valley X Monet.
0: <laughs> Stardew Valley X Hemingway? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, no. Stardew Valley X Grapes of Wrath, I think.
0: Yeah, I just got my, uh, the Virginia wolf skin. Did you get that from from the city? <laughs> yeah, like Orlando's in the game. Um, you can jump cent- through centuries and, like, ch- she changes into it him, he t- changes into her, It explores gender. That's, like, just a little bit past the Fisher Fisherman's height. <laughs> You just go talk to Orlando.
1: Did you guys unlock the bus and then take the bus to Downton Abbey? Because that's one of the locations you could visit on the bus. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can be yeah. a waiter, and it kind of shows how separate uh, British society was mm. in the early 20th century. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, you can mine ore outside of the mansion.
1: This implies the existence of a Stardew Valley Battle Pass. <laughs>
0: oh, you just said... You just said my uh my sleeper agent trigger phrase. I'm excited now. This would actually be a very fitting and fun crossover. I'm sure there's a mod for it. But like Stardew Valley x Ghibli kind of feels
1: right. Oh to me. yeah, that's a no brainer. Oh, totally.
0: Well, it's already there, right? Like the spirits in the community center totally like Totoro style like yeah, Ghibli Miyazaki
1: things. And there are literal dust devils that show up in the mines. Like those little bouncy dust uh-huh. things. Those are dust devils from Spirited Away. Yeah, or from Totoro. And My Neighbor Totoro, yeah. I also,
0: but I think like in the spirit of Stardew Valley, you don't actually get to go on that adventure yourself. So there's just like a precocious like young girl who's having a transformative <laughs> adventure involving uh-huh. like Shinto-esque uh, mythological characters and you can like walk up to her and she's like I'm sorry I'm very busy right now. <laughs> and you're just
1: like okay, okay. I'm sorry, the OM are about to invade our village. I must jump onto my, my plane and fly out to uh, stave off the encroaching insect creatures. Oh, um clay I don't really want that. I I guess I'll take it. You can hire
0: Kiki to deliver things for you. Yes. Yeah! So then it's like I need to break this this uh, geode But like, who's got time to go all the way over to town? Kiki, can you deliver? Can you please perform a service for me by delivering this?
1: That's awesome. That's a great idea. This is. These are all things that you can unlock on the battle pass. Yeah, you can. You can take the cat bus instead of the regular bus.
0: I've got a. I've got a killer idea for us here. Okay. Um, so you know, typically our best ideas are ones that kind of break the boundaries of the game, uh, and kind of spill over. Joe Jover into real life, one might say. Yeah. Have y'all heard of this game Pokémon Go? Uh,
1: I've heard about Pokemon Going to the poll. <laughs> I don't know about this Pokemon Go thing.
0: So imagine a Pokemon Go Stardew Valley game by like Niantic or whoever, but it's like in real life foraging, where oh. you go around your neighborhood and you just pick plants from your neighbor's yards and then you take them home and you scan them in the app and you get currency in the app for stealing plants.
1: That's that's iNaturalist. Have you never heard of iNaturalist? What's iNaturalist? It is an app where you go and you steal plants from people's yards and you scan them for "quote unquote scientific <laughs> research." Isn't?
0: Wait, isn't naturalism going around naked? yeah so are you doing you're doing this wild nude. do you have to wild? you have to take a naked selfie with the plant that you <laughs> stole it's
1: part of the uh, contract that you signed when you joined the app so it's uh,
0: really this game is like like pokemon go is is essentially a way of harvesting nude photos of yourself yeah for the, they're just like <laughs> putting them online
1: if only fans has taught us anything is that that's where the real money is
0: uh-huh true <laughs> only fans is the ultimate battle pass <laughs> right <laughs> these websites are being flooded with like pictures of nude 20 and 30 year old gamers with like carrots in their hands bafflingly everybody's like i don't know if is this a new fetish
1: is, like, gardening sex uh, or something like that <laughs> yeah uh-huh. i i honestly dwight i would play the hell out of that game i'm not gonna lie like a pokemon go foraging app that would be dope I think this is
0: what's especially great is there was like that situation with Pokemon Go where people would just wander into, like, d- museums where it was deeply inappropriate for them to be, and, like, they would just be like, oh, I'm just here, I gotta c- catch a Charmander. Uh, uh-huh. Like, it's fine, <laughs> don't worry about it. So, like, the idea that your neighbors are just kind of, like, staring at you through their window and being like, what the hell are you doing out there? It's like, just give me one second, I need to steal all... All everything that you've grown over the course of the season.
1: Yeah, their, their rhubarb plant that they have treasured through generations and generations is uprooted by this random teen who's trying to get internet points. I think that's <laughs> what the future needs to be.
0: You know, true story from my life is that uh, a couple days ago I legitimately, one of my neighbors called the cops on me when I was taking a walk because I was walking wow. through a neighborhood that I don't live in. So I just like walked through it and this car was following me. And then Legitimately okay. two separate police officers stopped me on my walk to ask if I lived nearby uh, and then like told me I could like do whatever I wanted because I did. Um, That's wild. I was in a, an awkward because apparently there's been like break-ins in my area ah. or something. So they're like everybody's spooked. Um, and I just had to be the chump who's like, I'm on a walk because I exercise. <laughs> but it would have been so much better if I could have told them like, no, the reason I'm walking around right now is because I'm using iNaturalist. that's right. why I must walk around the neighborhood naked and that, I don't know that would also yeah that would, that would explain why you're not wearing pants <laughs> yeah exactly uh uh-huh. like I'm <laughs> it's like the reason why I got the cops called on me sure may have been related to my naturalism but it would have been so much easier to explain if I had the app
1: yeah if you had been able to pull up your phone and show them uh, a, yeah. a, a photo reel full of you nude with various (laughs) plants
0: turnips (laughs) holding turnips seductively over my nipples.
1: Um, see, here's the, here's a little real life hack for you guys out there in the world. Uh, plants, vegetables, fruits, herbs, neighbors will be upset with you if you come into their yard and pick them. But if you just invest a little bit of time into investigating, uh, edible and healthy wild forageable mushrooms, you can oftentimes knock on your neighbor's doors if you find one in their yard, and they will be like, "Oh my god, please take that out of here! I don't know what that is, and it scares me. Please remove this from my yard." I've done that on multiple occasions and have gotten away with multiple full meals. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're always like, "I don't know what that is. It's phallic. I, I, I have very confused associations with that shape, and uh, like, it's it haunts me." In waking moments and in night
1: moments. Like, They'll beg you to take it out of their yard. Um, did you guys know that you could have kids in Stardew Valley? I did. No? Yeah. So, Mike, f- for you who did not fall in love and live a whole life in Stardew Valley, you are actually able to have children in the game. And they only grow up to toddler age, which I feel like is a massive oversight. Yeah. What's the main reason that you had kids in the, like, early 1900s? Yeah. Yeah say it on three. One, I mean, two, three. Labor, farm right? labor. labor yep yeah so totally why can't your kids grow up past the toddler age and then you can happily retire and watch your kids run your farm for you like golems my my thought
0: is that it would lead to the sickening reality of you essentially having a farm of like 100 children who are are like laboring while you sip lemonade on the porch (laughs) (laughs) you've created this like hell on earth i think Um, that's
1: the american dream mike i don't know what you're talking about i'm pretty sure that's what our country was fucking founded on you unpatriotic monster don't tell me you're pregnant again it's like he kept giving me salads i had no choice I
0: I lose myself on salad. (laughs) I think it'll also, it would probably, there would be probably a limit on how many children you can have with each one. And so you're just going to seduce like every single person in town.
1: This is no longer Ghibli, but just every (laughs) other anime where you have a harem.
0: (laughs) Uh So here's one thing that I just don't get about the game, which is that like it's trying to immerse you fully in what it's like to be a farmer in this small town. And yet when you eat food, there, there are just no wet uh, mouth
1: noises. There is no ASMR at all in the game. That is disappointing. Yeah, and so
0: I just thought like, I could just record like a quick <laughs> loop that maybe uh-huh. they could splice into the game. And then all you do is it plays for like five to ten minutes um, every time that you eat something and you can't turn it off.
1: Stardew um, Valley, Mugabong. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, so I'm just going to be... do a little bit of a wet mouth noise right now. Oh, this is for that. Um, Okay,
1: wait, Concerned Ape. Turn on your recording equipment now if you want a free audio sample for your game to add to the next update. Could you also
0: add, like, a good amount of uh, reverb on this and and maybe some echo at some point um, Uh in the production? Um, Okay. (laughs)
1: Mm. 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 Oh, so good. (laughs) Is pizza. Yeah, I love how you have to say what it was oh, you're eating. Oh, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's some little
0: and so you would just loop that for, like, 5, 10, 15 minutes, you know, while the character goes about its day. And then I think that would really put you, like, way deeper into the immersion of Stardew Valley.
1: Wow, this episode took an incredible click-hole direction. This This episode <laughs> is surreal in a way that only click-hole... I don't know if Mike's
0: the click-hole guy. I know he's the onion guy. I do. I do. I've done some click-hole stuff. I,
1: I... Yeah, I can tell. This episode is off the fucking yeah, rails. We <laughs> sussed you out, Mike. <laughs> uh, we've been trying to hit that peak for a long time on our show with our various like Foley and uh uh-huh. like voice acted bits, but you just blew all of those out of the water with your uh, your moist mastication. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I think the game is fixed. We did it. I think it's fixed.
1: Yeah, we think we did. <laughs> I I we sold probably what three stacks of 999 goofs
0: yeah easily in
1: the box and now we just have to wake up tomorrow and see how much money we made
0: this is the part of the show where we shout out things that are good things that we think are good um so caleb
1: do you have a thing that is a good thing that you think is good um yes considering that we are gearing up for the christmas season um, I have to recommend the all, – all okay, honestly, all of Satoshi Kon, his entire filmography, but specifically his film Tokyo Godfathers. Tokyo Godfathers is a Christmas film. It's a nativity Christmas movie about three homeless people who find an abandoned baby in downtown Tokyo. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. It's a masterpiece of cinema. I watch it every Christmas, and it is the best Christmas movie I've ever seen in my entire life. So, uh, second maybe only to Muppet Christmas Carol. Really, go watch all of Satoshi Kon, but specifically Tokyo Godfathers in this season of life.
0: I need to watch that. I think my brother from New York is probably going to come visit us here in the Midwest, and I will probably force him to watch that with me this Christmas. I
1: wept. I weep every time, but this time I wept. It is a beautiful and touching film.
0: To continue the Japanese art, theme that'll make you cry. I have gotten super into this guy, Jiro Taniguchi, who's a manga or manga artist uh, who passed away in 2017. And he sort of considered himself not a manga artist. He thought of himself more as like he he was associated with Mobius and some of the French mm. uh, cartoonists there. Um, but the stuff that he does is very meditative and like gorgeously drawn i actually wrote a retrospective about him for a magazine that's gonna come out in the spring because i just fell in love with him and was like i how can i extend my love into making an assignment for me to read everything by him but i started reading uh the walking man which is one of his major works and it's just this incredible piece of art, because it it has virtually no dialogue in it, but it, like, brought me to tears multiple times, and essentially just a guy walking around a nondescript Japanese like, suburb. He has a wife. He sometimes has to get off at the wrong stop of, uh, of his train, and then he, like, will just bumble around town. Sometimes his glasses get broken, but he's like, really not... There aren't, like, huge dramas. Nobody gets like a terminal disease or, you know, he doesn't have to fight anybody. Um, But something about like how it's depicted and how it magnifies these really small details of human life, like really got me. And he's, this guy's now one of my favorite uh, manga artists. I also read Ferrari, which is sort of like, like Edo era version of The Walking Man. And then he has a, he has one called The Solitary
1: Gourmet. That looks incredible. I'm pretty well versed in the manga scene, and I'd never heard of Jiro Taniguchi. So clearly, I am not very well versed in the manga scene.
0: He's great. So I, I just highly recommend Jiro Taniguchi and all his stuff.
1: Yeah, that sounds very cool. Y'all are going to
0: make me read a manga. Dang it. I made it this far <laughs> without it. How dare you?
1: Those damn mangas. <laughs> One of them damn mangas.
0: <laughs> I have like the most boring plug ever, which is Lethal Company. Yeah. Right now, YouTube really thinks it's got me pegged with the lethal company content. And I think it's right, but I've only played it like once, but man, that game it shocked me how much fun that game is.
1: Yeah, dude, when are we going to play? I, I got it and I've yeah. played a bunch of times and I'm like, I, I keep texting Dwight, like, Hey man, let, let's hop on and play. And Dwight's like, uh, I'm busy. Uh, I can't do I it. I want to, I
0: really want to, this December has gotten away from me in a big way. I'm, I'm amazed that I had time to record it all. So at least there's that, but, um, no, uh, Lethal Company. If you're not familiar, it's like a it's pretending to be a horror game, a co-op horror game where you're like raiding these facilities with your friends. But in reality, it's just a comedy game. Like yeah, it's just the cleverest comedy game in that nothing in it is funny. It's just like a comedy generator because there's no way you can play this game without like peeing your pants laughing at like the ridiculous things that happen in this game. I played it with coworkers, and uh, man. Just a blast, just a blast.
1: That's the probably the best way to play. It. Honestly, I think your company should have bought it for everyone involved as a team building exercise. <laughs> this
0: this looks, looks awesome. Yeah, let's let's do plugs, plugs. I'll plug my game. Hello again, hello again. It's a time looping adventure puzzle game. Uh, the demo is up on Steam. I'm working furiously at it. Always. Uh, it will probably come out next year. Probably. Yeah. It's it's a fun time loop game. It's like Outer Wilds but cute.
1: Mike, you've played it, right? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I played okay. the demo. It's awesome. It's beautiful, and and it's like similar to Stardew Valley, where it's just like one person made all of this. This is insane. Like yeah. it's such a singular vision, and and like executed really immaculately.
1: Yeah, and it it has similarly deep and interesting characters. Like you're walking around Stardew Valley, and you think those characters are hot. Boy, do I have news for you about hello again. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, those characters are smoke shows, bro. I thought that was
0: kind of the subtext of all of this, but yeah, I obviously I want to date all of the characters. Uh-huh. It makes the, the cast of Hades look like the cast of South Park. <laughs> like, when it comes to hotness. Uh, Mike, you got anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah, so the,
0: the last game that my comedy collective made is called The Visionary, and is about playing as a CEO who steals all of his employees' ideas and then parrots them back as his own. It's sort of like an arcade rhythm thing. Uh, And we released that this summer. It got some buzz from Indiepocalypse and Super Festival and some other places. Um, And yeah, I've been having a blast making those games. And we just started talking about working on new ones. So yeah, very excited Mm -hmm. for doing something, like, a little bit bigger. We actually have, like, a small war chest now because showcases apparently pay you, which we didn't know. We Whoa. just got, like, a PayPal for Whoa. <laughs> for money. <laughs> and, uh, that's cool. So, yeah, hopefully we can invest that into, like, making something bigger. We were talking about action stuff. So, uh, yeah. Wow,
1: congratulations. That's huge.
0: Thanks. Yeah, the um, that's online at itch.io. Uh, the serious hat's only uh io page has it so yeah check that out yeah the visionary i've played it and i would say like definitely took a left turn at some point at least visually but like in general in the game that really got me good i enjoyed it immensely <laughs> i'm gonna have to
1: check that out i i have a I have my homework cut out for me this episode
0: uh mike thank you so much for joining us uh caleb thank you for being my friend, I guess. I don't know why I, went, why I just turned to thank you, but I am thankful. <laughs>
1: hey, man. Thanks, Mike, for coming on the show, because yeah. Dwight has never thanked me before after an episode, <laughs> and it took <laughs> having a guest to, to come in and, and make Dwight recognize my value to the show. I'm so
0: happy that I've, I've been able to do this for both of you. and um,
1: You've brought us together. I know we started yeah. off the show beefing about destroying our collective, uh, well, our, our two opposing podcast ideas, but... Now I think we've come back on a full circle of reconciliation. Thanks to Cola. Thanks to Cola. Thanks
0: to Cola. And, and if you guys ever want to come on to Hello, I'm Solving Your Game, definitely like run it through my secretary. But like... Like 30%
1: chance I can get you on So just let me know We gotta get secretaries, we're gonna fall behind if we don't get secretaries
0: We do need secretaries, how about I'll be your secretary You be mine, deal?
1: Yeah sure, Um, Mike go ahead and reach out to our secretaries as well About publishing (laughs) this episode Because there's like probably about a 15-20% chance we're gonna actually Publish this
0: (laughs) Okay Showcases pay you for your game But podcasts charge you For your feature Yeah you will
1: be getting an invoice So Uh
0: Yeah, because we kind of, this is a publicity move for you. We know. (laughs) Join us again, I think, maybe next week. But maybe in a couple weeks. Who knows? Christmas is weird. But maybe next week for a very special holiday time episode. We're getting wintry. We're getting icy. We're getting chilly. And we're going to be playing a very special game called Skyrim in a very special way. Uh, Until then, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Caleb thanks listener and we'll see you soon
1: see you next time bye everyone
0: hey we fixed your game was created and produced by dwight davis and caleb connor the music you're hearing right now is the song austin by zachary wilson off of the album chip off the old block you can find more of zachary's music on streaming platforms of your choice or you can find zachary's website linked in our show notes thank you for listening